shipwreck discovered. You've dreamt about finding buried treasure since you were a little kid. How much money are we talking about here? Tens of millions. We're gonna be rich, people! <laughs> a secret revealed. Hey, where'd you guys say you were diving today? Do you realize it's just a matter of time until base finds that wreck? A danger unleashed. Give me the coordinates right now. You have 12 hours. Just tell your boys to back off. To have it all. We're all in this together now, right? Not anymore. Better go and I'll sweeten the deal. With what? It's not over yet. Into the blue. Welcome into episode five of the Bad Movies Worst Opinions podcast, where we believe that everybody has a favorite bad movie. Continue to like, review, subscribe to our podcast. We're a day late today because our special guest was sick, but you know what? It's the same bad movies with the same worst opinions. We welcome in Rob and I's boss, Steven Spector. He personally requested this movie. He said, I want to watch Into the Blue. I'm not your boss today. I'm just a guest who loves a bad movie and worse opinions. So the concept of this podcast is that we only watch movies that are rated below a 6.0 IMDb. Into the Blue falls into this category at a 5.9. Rob, this movie lost money at the box office. Of course it did. The budget, $50 million. The box office, $44.4 million. This movie was a loser at the box. It came out in September, which is not usually when people blow up to go see movies, Like, which is surprising, because it has some star cachet. I mean, Paul Walker would have been around Fast and Furious fame. Jessica Alba, this would have been peak Jessica Alba, right? 05 would have been her prime, if we call her that. Like, for a movie with that level of... Uh, Josh Brolin is a good actor. For that level of people to be released in September, that's a sign the studio knows, uh-oh, we have a loser. They probably spent $37 million to film in Nice Place in the Bahamas and $13 million on the rest. <laughs> like, I don't know. I always have this th- I've always had this theory about certain movies that some actors just film movies to live in paradise for six months, and this seems like a perfect opportunity for this movie to be made. Beautiful people in the Bahamas. They know it's going to be mediocre, but they get paid to live in the Bahamas for six months, play in the water, splash around. This has, like, all the makings of all those, you know, like, it has the makings of all of that coming together for a 5.9 on IMDb. I don't understand why this movie doesn't come out in May or June. Like, this movie mm-hmm. has to come out at the beginning of the Because it's not a summer, summer blockbuster. There's not enough action because, what, is it two-hour two runtime, roughly? It's like 1.55 or 155. something like that. 20 minutes of it, there's no dialogue because they're underwater. So it's not big enough to be a summer blockbuster. By the way, to your point about, hey, it was like everyone gets some time away, Jessica Alba during the press tour said that the during the filming, the cast and crew were inv- invited to Peter Nygaard, who apparently is a really gross fashion person that's beyond i had to google him and she said it was gross they had parties at peter nygaard's house where there were 14 jacuzzis of women stripping and she was very uncomfortable throughout the entire process the box office that week flight plan was number one at 14 million dollars serenity with 10 million dollars corpse bride at 10 million dollars a history of violence was fourth that week into the blue seven million this was released the same weekend as Hurricane Katrina. So that was Ooh. a big effect on the box office. Yeah, on why it. that first week wasn't that big was Hurricane Katrina. It's also the first weekend of college football, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. because be- I was a sophomore at Syracuse, and all the games were getting canceled. So I'm pretty sure that was opening weekend of college football. 2005? Oh, none of the movies you mentioned are ones where I would... I don't remember a single one you mentioned. you never seen History of Violence? I've seen History of Violence, but like I have no recollection of like, oh man, that, this wasn't released where it's like, oh, I get where it was fifth, you know. Transformers came... It wasn't any of that level of stuff. I thought Flight Plan was a good movie. The plot, a group of divers find trouble with the drug lord when they come upon the illicit cargo of a sunken airplane. The cast, Paul Walker as Jared, Jessica Alba as Sam, Scott Kanan as Bryce. Tweeter! Tweeter was in this movie. Tweeter end zone dance. I was so happy that Tweeter was in this movie. He was Bryce. Ashley Scott was Amanda. Josh Brolin, Thanos, was Bates. Mm-hmm. Tyson Beckford, who at this point you could argue was maybe the most popular male model in the world. He was Primo. Not Tyrese? Who had been? I, I Tyrese Billy Zane. Point, Ty, Tyrese at that point was he was doing movies, he was singing, he was doing R and B. I know he was doing a little acting. Like Tyson Beckford at this point was only acting. I think he was the biggest male. I would think Billy Zane. I mean, I'm sure they're all in the you know six one half dozen the other. 
starts with the plane crash in the first two minutes of the movie, two minutes into the movie. How do you not know that your plane is about to crash into the ocean? It wasn't like they hit a mountain or something. They crash into the ocean. The whole scene's goofy. Like, I mean, it's trying to set up a plane crash. I get it. But, like, the idea is, like, the guy's like, our instrumentation's no good. You don't feel that you're nosediving. You don't have the sensation of we're going down, not maintaining. But, again, the movie's a 5.9, so to really crush it for a black-and-white shaky cam scene seems aggressive. I don't know if I this is 100% true of what I'm about to say because I've only seen Into the Blue up until this weekend on, like, TBS or TNT. I don't think that plane crash makes the TV cut because mm. I've never seen that scene before. And I think there's two scenes that I think they cut out in the TV versions. I don't think they play the plane crash on the TV version. The plane crash does serve no purpose. like Because admit- they're going to find the plane regardless, yeah. so why show the plane crashing? And it's not like the plane crash scene they tell us. that they, There's no identifiers that it's drug dealers. It's just three people are on a plane. One girl, guy, gets beat up by the turbulence, and then they crash. We learned nothing in that scene other than planes sometimes crash in the Bahamas. We go from snorkel class to SeaWorld. We are introduced to Paul Walker and Jessica Alba. Paul Walker is fired because he wants to be a Instagram entrepreneur. Thanos shows up, Josh Brolin, and he asks Paul Walker, does he want to come work for him again? I need help get back in the water. You let me know, okay? Move it out. Hey, quit. You want to come work for a real captain, bro? You just let me know, all right? Are you a captain now? You know, the water goes outside of the boat. My first major note of this, this is an incredible love story. This movie, at its core, is about young, broke love. He doesn't have any money. She doesn't have any money. Neither one of them care that they're both broke. They just love each other and want the other person to be happy. Love really endures and into the blue. By the way, real quick, did you guys have the same thought I did when we saw Jessica Alba at the Atlantis Resort taking care of the sharks? Isn't that the exact same character she plays in that Dane Cook movie, except for we replace penguins with sharks? That's the same person, right? Oh, good right? luck, Chuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's playing she the animals. same role. <laughs> She's playing the exact same role. Good luck, Chuck, has a very good chance of being on this podcast. <laughs> One of the worst movies in the history of, of like, film. We have to have it's you not come even back. a film. We have to have you come back just to do Jessica Alba movies. That's fine with me. <laughs> that's going to be you just do Jessica Alba. But that was my thought. There will only be four, so... Yeah. That was my thought in that scene. I'm like, oh, that's the uh, good luck Chuck storyline. We're doing the exact same thing. She likes the guy. She takes care of animals. Cool. I mean, their dog had three legs. Fun fact about the dog. (laughs) That's Paul Walker's real dog. Really? That's one of my fun facts. They were like trying to cast a dog. and What's Paul's the dog's like, name? Oh, yeah. Boone. Mm-hmm. What a name for a dog. Yeah, three legs. <laughs> Boone is the name for the dog. I just love their love story. They're in the car. They're kissing. They're on this broken down ship. They're kissing. They're making out. Just young love, man. You know how normally we talk about toxic love on mm-hmm. this podcast? There's a lot no of toxic, toxic love. love between them. This was pure, unconditional love in this movie. Two of the best looking people in the world in 2005 living without mm-hmm. a shirt in paradise. Can't get any better than that. That's why this movie's a 5.9 on IMDb. (laughs) We get introduced to Tweeter. Toss up here. What's the craziest part of this scene where we get introduced to Tweeter? It's Mr. OG Wannabe. What's up, you scruffy little beach rat? Okay. I'm going to throw your ass right now. Watch. I'm going to sleep. I'm going to sleep. All right. Now you've been spending way too much time in court. Wait, hold on. Hold on. Don't move for a second. Is it them wrestling on the ground in the airport? Is it Tweeter feeling up Jessica Alba right there in front of Paul Walker? Can you imagine if somebody went up to your wife's back and just started touching on her the way, like, yo, what what are you on right now? In the airport. Yeah, what are you on? Or the fact that he commits to a girl's name, and that is not Amanda's name. So you must be Lisa? Who's Lisa? Yeah, who the hell is Lisa? It's Amanda. Who what, it's what, like who's Jessica? Yeah. What, what, well he met you, her four days or yeah. what forty eight hours ago in some Manhattan nightclub. No, yeah. I'm, I'm saying is Paul Walker can't commit to a name when he meets that girl for the first time. Hey, nice to meet you. What's your name? You don't go into your boy's girl if you're not hundred percent sure what her name is and do that. Cause you you could have made the block hot for him. Yeah, but that probably speaks to Bryce's kind of Carefree lifestyle. It also shows, like, this was 2005. It wasn't like he was texting Paul being like, hey, man, I'm now bringing Amanda, not, you know, Jessica. That's a good point. If you had been talking about this trip, which I imagine you had, and the last time Paul Walker had heard about it, it was, hey, Jessica's coming down. I get that mistake because suddenly there's a new girl. The fact that she didn't care really gives a glimpse into how her character is going to be the rest of the way. You met women in that case where, hey, who is this other person? There's questions back and forth. The fact that he gets her name wrong. 
it's just like a minor speed bump in the movie, and they just keep going forward. It kind of foreshadows how her character's going to act the rest of the Not time. Not to jump too far ahead. It's a very small scene. But eventually, Jessica Alba just calls her a coke whore. Right to <laughs> her face. And yes, an hour and a half into the movie. So, yeah, this is a pretty good foreshadowing moment. That's actually one of the better scenes of the movie where they just start getting It's the only powerful her. line that she had. I would also say, like, we talked about it in this podcast, but like, I do like how they pay things off. The fact they know four days ago, then she starts grinding on dudes that nightclub later in the movie does show, like, she's clearly not invested in Scott Con. They get the boat. Paul Walker is super excited about getting this boat. Way too excited about the we boat. We got the boat! We get the boat? I you know how daddy does it. We get the boat! We get the boat! Which, by the way, is not on the dock. It's just out in the ocean. He's like, yeah, we got it. Well, that's, mean, that's how most boats he are. Was, he was more excited there than he was at any point in Varsity Blues. The, all the touchdowns that were scored, he was way more excited in there than he was at any point in Varsity Blues. I don't know. He had the scene on the dryer and the first house party after the first game. Very that was a pretty point. exciting scene. Very good point. The next three minutes of the movie I wrote down are just reasons to see them in their swimsuit. There's no purpose to this scene other than they're on jet skis, they're doing all this stuff. You just get to see all of them in bikinis. That and you get to see like, hey, the Bahamas is fun. They're trying to sell like a Bahamas vacation excursion feel, but there is no real plot developed in three minutes of jet ski jumps and hanging out. This was also my first like, all right, hold on a second here. They're each holding their breath for about seven minutes. <laughs> I wrote right? that down. That, yeah. that was my next They're, they're not in scuba gear. Nope. They're in snorkel gear. <laughs> Correct. And for all we know, Scott Kahn is a lawyer from New York City. And all of a sudden, he's a certified Hall of Fame snorkeler. The Four Days girl is also surprisingly good. Yeah, she has, the, she has the lung capacity after doing cocaine in a Manhattan nightclub of, like, Michael Phelps. Like, they're just, they're just underwater for seven minutes at a time. Like, they've been snorkeling their entire lives. My next note. I'm going to read you exactly what I wrote. A watch gets lost. Paul Walker finds a rock. This is a beautiful scene, but I think it needs more attention. They find the plane. Finally, they find the plane. Man, Paul Walker can hold his breath for forever. <laughs> he was like Super Mario. Like, mm -hmm. how can you just be down here for it? It would appear minutes at a time. No gear, no nothing. Like, you have the greatest breath control since Whitney Houston. What is going on? Like, I've heard of, I think that is a thing in snorkeling. Like, if you're really good at it, you can do like two and a half, three yeah. minutes. It's like a six-minute scene. Like, mm. he just never came up for air. I mean, later in the movie, he jumps into the water in handcuffs. No, no snorkel gear handcuffs. At that point, I was like, all right, we are suspending disbelief to the umpteenth degree here. I have written down, major plot point. Apparently, Paul Walker is the greatest person ever to hold their breath. Because <laughs> there's a scene where he literally is holding a boat, and the boat is, this is late in the movie, moving. And he's like, yep, I'm good. What are we doing? I liked that scene a lot. Really the, good scene. The scene it's where a he's, good scene. But the scene like, where he's underneath the boat and that shot, so you, get, you can see just enough of his body. And he's holding on, and they're looking for him. I thought that was one of the better shot seeds in the entire movie. I'm happy that we are all on the same plane. Paul Walker is a superhuman being. It's somewhat believable that Paul Walker and Jessica Alba could do it because they live in the Bahamas. They're hunting for treasure. It makes a little bit of sense that they could hold their breath for two-plus minutes. Scott Kahn and Ashley or Amanda or whatever her name was are just like off the plane and all of a sudden able to be expert divers. It mm. made zero sense. They hit the jackpot. They find a million bricks. I mean, there's 25, 30, 50 million bricks in there. They threw the drugs back into the ocean. They threw one. Which Scott Kahn, when they do bring it up, knows the exact you know money. He's like, you, you just threw away a boat. That's da-da-da-da. But it's uh, Amanda, Ashley, whatever her face is. She's the one that tries to take a brick with him. They, Jessica Alba and Paul Walker, at the jump, have morals. We're not doing this. But Scott Kahn and Kokor Amanda are, dif are differing. That's a new boat, Derek. That's a new boat. Oh, threw away a new boat. Okay. The three friends, Scott Kahn, Tweeter, Paul Walker, and Jessica Alba, they all know each other. They have a relationship. We're not talking about this illegal activity in front of this girl that we just met. I understand that she just saw it. You don't get a voice in this. Like, the scene where they're all kind of hanging out about the pool and they're debating on what to do. I'm thinking, y'all just met her less than a week ago. You guys just found $5 million, $6 million worth of product here. She cannot be involved in the conversation about what to do next. We report that plane as soon as we can make a claim. And we stay the hell away from it until then. <laughs> don't look at me. Come on, guys. I'm staying here and suck on my thumb. Will you guys play guys with the Caribbean? She also doesn't bring anything to the table. Correct. She doesn't have access to the boat. Nope. She doesn't know how to use equipment to search for stuff. 
She has no contacts on the eye. She's literally just there to be in a bikini and topless in front of the cops. The topless cop scene is so, so nonsensical. She that- doesn't bring anything to the equation. The entire movie. The entire movie. Paul Walker is looking to rent a boat for about $30,000, and then we find out that Tweeter is broke, which is not surprising in the least bit. We all know somebody like Tweeter that's from the big city that has a good job we think is just loaded with cash but doesn't really have nearly Apparently as much he's in bad with loan sharks, too. They casually drop that storyline in there. He's like, you know I was in bad with those people in Vegas. Huh? Why do you have a backstory? You don't have any money? You're tapped out? Dude, I told you all about the Vegas thing. Yeah, but you told me it was no big deal. You told me it wasn't a problem. I lied. Yeah, I lied. I got a pride problem. Why didn't you tell me that? Tell you what, bro? What do you want to hear? My sob story? Here it is, Jared. I borrowed money from the wrong people. I took out a loan. And now I'm really way down. Alonzo from Training Day? He just went in with the bad Russians? I actually don't mind that because I think it explains why he's so thirsty to get this deal done. Hey, I'm behind. This could get me back caught up. I'm down 100K to these people. I don't have a way to get them. Look, there's $100,000 just right here. Let me do this. Let me make a couple moves and I can be back. So I, I actually. His personality, did, too. Yeah, Fair. I, I didn't mind that part of the story, but I'm with you. He just casually drops this, hey, I'm bad in with the Russians, and it never really comes up yeah, we ne- again. It's never like we find out later, he like, oh, he paid his debts. Just like, kind of like, oh, oh, good note. That's why you're broke. And Paul Walker's angry he's broke. Real angry about him being broke. So someone overhears their conversation while they're at the ship store. <laughs> and they start to get suspicious. They the, start to get suspicious. Some people call it the docks, but, you know, <laughs> I like the ship, ship store is another way I to really put like it. I like ship store. The ship store, because they were trying to buy things. The team now goes back down. They're looking for sunken treasure. So they're looking for the boat as opposed to being Pablo Escobar. You can do both here. We can get the bricks, and we can continue to be on our discovery here. I mean, they found something pretty valuable. This boat is this myth they've been looking for for all this time. They have found it. There also is a way for you to take about five to ten of those bricks. Let's move them quietly and continue to get this boat. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying about doing both, but I actually kind of like that Paul Walker didn't do Me both too. here. Because here's the thing, and maybe it's just I'm naive about this. If I if my job was to hunt for treasure and I found the treasure, I'm knowledgeable about this. I have no idea how to sell bricks of cocaine. If I stumbled upon them, I'd be like, I don't know what to do. Twitter knows. This is outside my purview. I know this lane. I'm going to play in this lane. It also shows the Paul Walker like trying to stay on the straight and narrow type deal. I didn't, I didn't mind that he avoided the Pablo Escobar plane. I agree. They lose Amanda, and Paul Walker finds her in the plane because she's actually trying to make real money from this. What are you doing in here? What do you think I'm doing in here? Huh? I was out there looking for your stupid ship, and I turned around, and he disappeared. So I came in here looking for you. What? I told you to stay away from the plane. I didn't take anything. I thought she's also was, probably jonesing for it. I think she wanted the coke more than the money. I Can think you that's imagine her. about to nearly drown? And right before you die, you think, I got to at least go out high. That's how I'm going out. I thought there was great tension here. We lose Amanda. We don't know. I mean, they don't know where she is. We know she's going to get the drugs. We knew where Amanda was. Oh, you turned around and you left me. No, you swam away to the plane. <laughs> yeah, you swam away to try to get the money. I don't care about the boat here. Eventually, I think it comes to the real, which would be the real interest of this is all of this drugs, somebody has to claim this. No one knew where that pirate ship was. Nobody is looking for it. You kind of have a little bit of time there. That plane has millions of dollars of drugs on it. And Josh Brolin, we now know he's involved. There's another guy that's involved with it. I wanted a little bit more drug story than pirate ship story here. And that's why I thought the movie actually had a good balance between Paul Walker and Jessica Alba care about the pirate ship. Scott Kahn and his girlfriend care about the drugs. I also think they do kind of explain why they, I agree with you, I don't think there's the rush that they make it sound like, but they had that scene where they're sitting around the fire pit at night, and he's like, you know, it's a whole deal, you got to claim it, you got to have something that says Zephyr on it to prove it, and then you get, you know, stake your claim, and if someone else goes down there and finds it and proves it, it's like, they do explain why, hey, there is a little rush here with, you know, you can't just be like, I found a, a boat, it's mine now. They they do explain the little bit of speed and necessity there for the boat. I actually liked the pirate story, and the drug story kind of was fell flat to me at times. Speck, do you think that they had Amanda look out because they didn't trust her, or because they really needed to look out? 
I thought it was lack of trust. I would say lookout. They can't trust her underwater. Yeah, but you let her dive yesterday. What what has changed in one day? The fact she almost died, but she was she was ready to dive. She was ready to go back in. I think it was a trust factor. Hey, we don't trust you to go not go chase the drugs. I wouldn't trust her, and I wouldn't trust her underwater or above land. That's fair. I thought it was a trust thing too because this is the scene right after they lose her. She's in the boat where the drugs was. He said, "Hey, I told you not to go by the plane." I thought it was a I thought it was a trust thing, but I thought they really spun it as a. Hey, we need you to let us know in case something happens. Uh, she was a terrible lookout. She's half asleep when the cops pull up. Mm-hmm. But they clearly wrote her to be a lookout because they wanted a beautiful topless person as part of the movie. Yeah, her being topless serves again. Was it rated R? No, PG-13. No, it was on Showtime. If it was rated R on Showtime, you would have seen the topless scene. It was like filmed where you didn't see it, but you knew she was topless. It was very odd. I thought this is where we get the first real tension of the movie is Tweeter's arm is stuck. It's a race against time. They're swimming back and forth. They're trying to make sure they got enough water. Jessica Alba's putting her head in that one yellow thing. I have no clue what the name of it is. I don't even know how to swim. I thought it was real tension in the movie. So we do all of this. The cops are there. You think the cops might find out. We think that Scott Kahn might die. When Scott Kahn comes up from the boat, all he has is a small, tiny scratch on it. I thought he broke his arm, the way they were acting. Why don't you have a dive down flag, Jared? Huh? Yeah, no, I just, I got lazy, man, you know. There's not a lot of boat traffic out here today. It's a bunch of jellyfish. So. I mean, he did plummet about 50 meters down. I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, that could be a complete the, the distance, wrong I don't know. distance. But he goes down fast Hard. under that thing, yeah. He goes down fast, and that heavy thing that they need all this That they can't lift in a water yeah. is... On his arm. I thought for sure he had broke his arm. Like the rest of the movie, he would be in a sling. He looks, he gets up, he has two small scratches, and he is in no way affected by this injury. Well, if he had broken his arm, the movie would have been a lot shorter because the rest of the scenes would never have Correct. taken place. At this point, I think they've let Amanda too far into it. So Tweeter is talking about cutting her out of the money. Nah, you let her see way too much. She knows exactly where the place is. the club is. now? This is the nightclub, yeah. She knows Great the co- scene. She knows yeah. where the coordinates are. You cannot let her. You have to keep her in the illegal caper. And that, real quick, Paul Walker does say, we can't cut her. Like he's saying, like he says it without saying it. We can't cut her you, at this point. You could have done it early in the game you can't do it at this point she's gone down there three or four times she knows exactly where it is. you can't cut her out now he's trying to cut her out 40 percent of the way no she you guys are all she's into this illegal illegal uh activity we get our tyson beckford appearance for the first time primo paul walker his friend comes up and gives him the heads up that folks are on to him hey what's up danny listen some corny looking dress can run here asking for you and it was freaking me out a little bit you know it was all up in my mouth like you know where you've been diving you know who you've been hanging out with what did you tell him? I didn't say shit about shit. I don't know nothing. I got your back, dog. Trust me on it. Amanda, she out flirting with Tyson Beckford. I can't really blame her there. Tweeter steps up, and they get into a fight. Tyson Beckford was being real disrespectful. You had to punch Tyson Beckford here. Now, he's also top crime boss on the island, so I can see why you wouldn't want to fight him. He was being super disrespectful. Tweeter had to punch him. That's how she was going to pay for it. she was going to pay for it? Yeah. That's how she was going to pay for it. He knew they were dancing together. Mm-hmm. He took her. He was shaking the little bag of Coke. It was a red flag in front of a bull. I mean, those were fighting actions and fighting words from, from Tyson Beckford, a.k.a. Primo. Why did Got Khan all of a sudden just jump in the pool? <laughs> oh, he's like a- dancing, and he's like, I'm going to go get a drink. And then jumps in the pool. And then just jumps in the pool, and then he's walking around with it. Thing tied around his head, like shirtless and dry. By the way, I mean, it looks like a great club, but nobody else was in the pool. Mm-hmm. Why did he jump in the pool? Nobody is ever at the pool in these clubs. I'm convinced they just needed like a cool action shot, like an under, like underwater cameras were probably pretty new around 2004, and they're just like. Ooh, we got to film this. And they're underwater, and Scott Conn does a belly flop you know, into the water. By the way, I mean, I assume Scott Conn's character is just floating the bill for everything, but considering the beginning of the movie, we find out that Paul Walker is broke and just lost his job. He's going to a very fancy-looking Bahamas nightclub. He's only having a beer, though. I mean, this, I mean he may have up... What do you think that beer random though? 18 bucks, 19 bucks. I'm betting this place had a cover. I you mean, might also know somebody where if, you know, on a small community like that, if everybody, fair. if everybody likes Paul Walker, you walk in with her, you got your friends in from out of town. Hey, Paul, come in. It's no big deal. I, lo- I bet locals you're not getting charged. That's 100%. probably fair. I'm, I was, I'm like, this looks like a super nice nightclub. And the guy who can't afford to get water out of his boat is su- and just lost his job is suddenly living the high life. An hour into the movie, we get to the real storyline. The moral dilemma. That's the real storyline of this movie. They have been laying the groundwork on that, though, so I I respect that. But it finally comes to the point where Scott Kahn, I think, is saying what half of the audience is saying. Half of the audience is like, 
Yo, why are you guys not more concerned about the drugs? I thought this was one of the better scenes of the movie because that's what this movie comes down to. They find two incredible treasures, the illegal treasure and the treasure that they can keep. The moral dilemma of which one do you do? Are you going after this pirate ship and the boat to get it the legal way or the illegal way? That's the moral dilemma of this movie. And Scott Kahn finally, for the first time, says what half of the audience is singing. Why don't you go get the drugs? You know what, man? We're risking our lives. We're risking our lives every single day looking for a 150-year-old ship that might be buried under the bottom of the ocean. While a hundred million, easy, easy, sits in a plane 200 yards away. We can get that money we need to get that boat, Jared. And what do we do? We keep swimming on by it like it doesn't even exist. The problem with that is Scott Kahn says he has the plan without any action steps. Like, he's like, let's go get the drugs, sell them, mm-hmm. get money, do everything we need for the... Get the Zephyr. But what about, to this point, an hour in, has given you any indication that Scott Kahn makes good decisions? Fair point. Right? At every turn. Outside of representing this crime lord who gives him the house and the boat. Which you could argue is also a bad decision, the fact that he got paid and for sure. trade, basically. Yeah, he got paid and trade. He went after a crime boss in his own club no more than four minutes ago in the movie. <laughs> and he, Paul Walker even says, you don't mess with that guy. That's someone you do not, like, it was a known commodity that is a bad dude. I get being best friends and you ride with your best friend until the end, but... At the back of your head, Paul Walker's got to be like, we got to have something a little more shirt up than just a half-witted plan run by my friend who cannot make a decision correctly for the first hour of this movie. I think he's blinded by the Zephyr, though, because I think Scott Conn does a good job of selling, like, if we do this bad thing that is half-cocked at best, you get what you want, and you want the Zephyr, and you're a treasure hunter, and this is your whole deal. And he sells the idea that, hey, Sam's... Sam's not like other girls. Like Sam's a girl. Sam's like everyone else. She wants commitment. She wants the whole. She wants more than just a shack on the beach with chili. She wants something real. So like, I think he sells him on the Zephyr and the life he wants more than the fact that he's some sort of coke selling. Yeah, lord. Paul Walker should have taken more accountability and done it himself. Sam, Sam, how long do you think a girl like Sam's gonna stick around if you don't do something about that? Sam is not like. They're that. all like that, bro. Sam isn't. Tweeter and Amanda sneak off in the night to go steal the dope. By the way, Amanda's driving a boat in international waters in complete darkness. No problems. No problems. Nailed it. Knows exactly where she's going, All of too. a sudden, Scott Kahn has underwater light equipment. We don't know where he got that from. Apparently, just on the boat. <laughs> and Amanda, who at this point we know is a coke fiend that we met in a New York City nightclub 72 hours ago, is equipped to run a high-powered motorboat with GPS down to the coordinates right on top of a plane. Mm-hmm. What are we doing? At night. At night. Mm-hmm. At night. In international waters. <laughs> yep. And she's smart enough to put it in, like, you know, low drive mm-hmm. past the big cruise ships, and then, boom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? Nothing about her character says she can even drive a boat, let alone go to the GPS coordinates that she found when she was by herself at the top of the boat while everybody else was diving. Tweeter and Amanda go off to steal the dope. Tweeter tries to sell the Coke back to the original owner. This obviously goes very poorly. He tells the four of them that they need to go down and get it, and he gives them an aquatic Grand Theft Auto mission where they have 12 hours to get the dope. There is 800 kilos in that plane, and I want every brick of it in 12 hours' time. Paul Walker and Tweeter get into an argument. Sam and Amanda get into an argument. Tell them what he called her. Coke whore! <laughs> Told you she wouldn't be into it. She's so clean, she squeaks. Shut up, you coke whore. Sam. Paul Walker gets dumped in a motivational speech. Now he doesn't have a choice. He has to go get the money. Mm-hmm. I thought this was going to be like White Man Can't Jump with Gloria, where Gloria just leaves. It's also later in the movie. Gloria just leaves and you never see her again. Nope. Jessica Alba comes back in about three minutes. She's mm-hmm. back. Yeah, this is the scene where Amanda eventually dies because she gets her entire leg eaten by a shark. Gone. Are sharks that violent? I mean, that shark took a bite out of crime on her leg. I mean, you... you there is a whole... Yeah, her hamstring sh- is gone. Yeah. You got a nice meaty piece of chicken and you bite into it. That's what that shark did to her thigh. I would assume a shark could do that to a 105-pound woman. Yeah, I'm saying is, is the shark even that violent enough? If there's no blood, because I guess 
All the urban myth about sharks is when they sell blood, there's no reason to think that anyone's bleeding here. Is the shark afraid? Why does the shark just savagely attack this woman? Because the writers needed an out to get this woman out of the movie. Good point. But here's another fun fact. Jessica Alba, at the 10-year anniversary of this movie, which apparently that's a thing, on Hot Ones, said that when they were filming this movie, the producer, or maybe the director, wanted her to do a dive with a caged tiger shark they had caught earlier in the filming process. And she said, hell no. Which is smart. One of my biggest fears in the entire world is sharks. Terrified of sharks. I don't mess around with sharks. Like I, when I go to the ocean, like on the beach or something, I'm, I'm not going past like chest length. I'm like, I can't see down into the water anymore. Nope, I'm good. No one gives a fuck about Amanda dying here. Not, not no, Paul just, Walter. Just Alba does. She cares for about 32 seconds. That's fair. No one cares. Scott Conn's like. We got to move on. Scott, we got a job to do. Scott Kahn said we still got to get to this bag. <laughs> I just got 25% more in cash. <laughs> yeah, Scott, this Coke ain't going to sell itself. Scott Kahn is actually happy that the shark did the dirty work for Again, him. another scene, I said this already, but like in TV that I don't think they showed in the TV version because what was the runtime, Rob? An oh, hour 50? Hour 50. So they probably had to cut like 10 minutes out to get commercials in if you want to do a two-hour yep. TV block. I don't think that scene was in TV because I never remember Amanda dying. I mean, the scene does serve no purpose other than we just see Jessica Alba at the hospital and Scott Kahn looks at the doctor and is like, guess we're done. Guess she's over. So I it goes. I actually do think it served a purpose. One, obviously they needed to get rid of Amanda, get Amanda's character arc. Two, it does foreshadow what happens in the final scene with some of the bad guys. That's I, the scene where they're in the hospital itself serves no purpose. You can tell us she died without us seeing the hospital scene. That's like to your point about the TV scene cutting the first scene, this scene. Yeah. You still get the gist of the movie on TNT without having this 90 seconds of hospital staring. The movie turns into Fast and Furious as Tyson Beckford is mad at them for not getting the dope, and now we get a car chase. I mean, this is where Brian... Earlier, we just had Paul Walker. This is where he turns into Brian. Mm -hmm. The three split up. Paul Walker gives himself up. Jessica Alba goes to tell the cop. And for the next five minutes, this is, hey, Jessica, you've done what we wanted you to do. We told you to wear bikinis and go around here. Show them you can act a little bit. And we get can. multiple crying scenes from Jessica Alba back to back. She's crying telling the cop at the kid's birthday party what's going on. And she's crying when she gets kidnapped. And yeah, she can't act. She can't act she of a, out of a paper bag. act at all. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to drag you into this. I just... I, I didn't know who else to go to. Neither one of those scenes you go, oh, wow, I really feel the tension. You're like, what is, what is happening? Josh Brolin in the second scene does try to act and sell this, like, capture thing. But Jessica Alba's fake crying just distracted me from that moment. Are They're we, my friends, too. Are we at the second boat scene yet? I'm getting there. Okay, because I want to talk about that. Something happens back at the original bad guy's boat. Tyson Beckford goes to investigate. Now he did. Paul Walker and Josh Brolin are now face-to-face, -face, and Paul Walker runs away. So this is the second boat scene. This is where Paul Walker is starting to figure out, hey, Josh Brolin's character is actually involved in more than just finding treasure. What's going on? Reyes and Primo are dead. Bates killed them. Bates killed them. What do you mean Bates killed them? Reyes and Bates are partners. We found their lost coke and Reyes tried to cut Bates out of the deal. So Bates doesn't look for treasure, really. He's also Pablo Escobar. Here's my biggest question. Think about all the movies we've ever seen. Have you ever seen a shorter character lifespan than the drug lord? He was in a three-minute scene with Scott Kahn, mm -hmm. Paul Walker, and the, the coke whore lady asking them to go get the drugs. Six minutes passed in probably movie time between all that stuff. We come back, and he's already dead. Usually drug kingpins live at least a half a movie. He was in the movie for four and a half minutes. We also don't get to see how he got killed. We just see that he is, in fact, dead. Yeah, he died. Like, he's, he oh, he's dead. Shot. Yeah, I mean. Like, it was just a bloody murder scene. There was no reason to have him in there because the reveal basically was, hey, Josh Brolin, this guy that works with kids, this guy is this great treasure hunter, is actually the drug dealer. He does we say, did, like, you, this, you, you've met my business partner. Okay, but you just killed him. We don't know why you killed your business partner and the fact that the drugs have come up a little slow for your liking, but okay. Brolin and Walker talk on the phone. This is when Walker finds out that Jessica Alba is held hostage, and then they set up the meet. Hi, listen, uh, I just wanted to say that I am really, really sorry about all this. Your girlfriend says she doesn't know where my plane is. Either she's a good liar, she likes pain. I'm not sure. I mean, you know better than I do. What do you think? Hey, Derek, why don't you just let her go? Paul Walker, for the first time, finally acknowledges that his friend is absolutely terrible. The worst. That his yeah. friend sucks. 
when he picks up the chair, I was like, oh, he's about to hit him with the chair. Oh, you didn't hit him with the chair. That sucks. Why was Josh Brolin washing his hands after he killed 12 people on that boat? <laughs> no blood. He, literal he, blood on your hands. He, he, he comes out of the bathroom. Paul Walker's in, like, the bedroom or whatever. He's washing his hands. Why? And then how do you let Paul Walker escape? Well, he apparently can hold his breath for hours on end because he jumps in the water. Eventually he ran away, and they're boating around, and they can't find him because he's able to hold his breath for so long. That Another... Another scene, you're like, he holds his breath for seven out of the ten minutes here, escaping a boat. How is this possible? You mentioned how did Paul Walker escape. How does Jessica Alba escape? How do you not have anybody watching the hostage? Well, she was locked in the room. There's not a single person outside the door. You guys are just, we think there's only two people on the boat, and Jessica Alba is conscious. You just have her handcuffed to this other guy. It's not like it took a whole lot for Jessica Alba. She just got up. She was able to drag that man enough to find things. She's going through all the lockbox. She's finding keys, knives, and all these other stuff. Somebody has to be in the room or right outside the room. So when you hear things banging around, hey, what's going on here? She's cargo. You, she's leverage for you. You can't, you can't leave your hostage unattended yeah, I mean, here. That's were, terrible kidnapping. There were five bad guys. Three went underwater and two stayed on the boat. Josh Brolin shoots the cop, who we think is a good guy, and then even as he gets shot, he's trying to still be a good guy. Hey, they're friends of mine. Well, I, I, They're I my think, friends, too. I don't think Josh Brolin cares. I think Josh Brolin is going to shoot you. I believe him. They're friends of mine. <laughs> oh. They're friends of mine, too! Do you think that Tweeter and Paul Walker have a great bromance? Is this a great bromance? A toxic bromance? Where are we at? Because they clearly love one another. I think it starts as a bromance and ends in a relationship of convenience. They need each other. For Tweeter or for Paul Walker? Both. They both need each other. Symbiotic, okay. Right? They need each other for different reasons, but I don't think they end as friends. You don't think Paul Walker and Tweeter end as friends? I would say that... Because they're on the boat. At, I mean, Tweeter jump put up. Paul Walker and Jessica Alba through absolute hell for, a for week. an hour and 50 minutes. <laughs> for a week. <laughs> but but, the, but Paul the, Walker needs Tweeter yes. in order to discover the Zephyr. So I think it starts as a bromance. They're wrestling, doing some weird stuff in the airport. Things get progressively worse. We'll get to the end here in a second. But I think they probably end more as business partners than like, oh, Buddies. we're all good. My girlfriend, you know, she was held hostage. She had to cut someone's arm off to escape death, fight off two dudes. We're good. We're clean. Best bros again. So Josh Brolin doesn't believe that Paul Walker has found the Zephyr, and he try- he tries to make a trade here. He tries to trade the Zephyr for Sam. Let it go, and I'll sweeten the deal. With what? Huh, that shipwreck in your backyard? What, your dog? You have nothing to give me, Jared. Found the Zephyr. <laughs> I'll let you have the claim. Jared, I brought you down here to save her life, not to get her killed. Hundreds of millions, mates. And it's all yours. If you want it, if you let Sam go right now, it It does exist. It's It's not a myth. It's not a myth. You want it? Sam. Then let her go. Okay. Then let her go right now. Come on, Sam, let's go. We're out of here. Let's go. Let her go. We found the Zephyr. Maybe we'll meet up in Never Never Land. Because I heard the Tooth Fairy was going to be there. Santa Claus is coming, you know, with my coat. That's the Herschel Walker trade of the movie. An awful trade. I love Sam. Sam's got to die. I'm sorry, Sam. I love you. We got a chance to be multi-millionaires here. I'm sorry. Paul Walker multiple times tries to trade the idea of the Zephyr to Josh Brolin, by the way. This is not the one time. There are other times he's like, I found it. It's like like, draft day. All the fake scenarios. He keeps giving giving up this thing that he was so interested to find and hide and keep for everyone. He's like, then the minute there's trouble, he's like, I found it. I'll tell you where it is. He's like, I don't care about that. I want my plane full of coke. Paul Walker jumps out of the boat in handcuffs, no oxygen mask. What's the plan here? That's half your coat, Captain. And now I'm going to go down and destroy the rest of it. So they're on the boat. Paul Walker, Josh Brolin, he's kind of showing them where the stuff is. He just jumps in there and says, I'm going to waste more of your money. Jumps in the water. I thought the end of this movie was incredibly chaotic. I'll let you go first, Peck, because you love this movie more than Rob and I do. The last 10 minutes, there are like nine different things simultaneously happening. Jessica Alba's in a fight. Scott Kahn and Paul Walker are in a fight. There's sharks. There's planes. There's drugs. There's pirate ships. There's a lot going on in the I last I feel like we minutes. have to break it down in almost like individual storylines. So let's start with one storyline. They're like, as you said, there's, there's a lot going on. So let's pick a storyline and, and start there. The least interesting one Scott Kahn's fight. Let's start with Scott Kahn's okay. fight underwater. So Scott Kahn 
is cutting up cocaine, wasting hundreds of thousands of dollars. Exactly. Little Paul Walker now, said he was going to do it. I get it. Maybe you want to cut up two bricks to show that, hey, we're, we're wasting your money and you know we have a little bit of leverage here. Scott Kahn is then holding his breath, faking like he's dead. Instead of the bad guy just shooting him in the back, he's like, oh, I'm just going to leave him. He, Scott Kahn went down there voluntarily and just drowned by his own volition. The worst bad guy in the world. Then Scott Kahn comes out of the out of the plane. He gets shot in the gut by a harpoon. There's no blood. And he's just like, all right, bro, pound it out. I got to get out of here. Where does he go? They hug in the ocean. They hug in the ocean with a harpoon in his abdomen. <laughs> Where does Scott Kahn go? It's not like he climbs aboard the big boat. Nope. The like their friend who we'll get to in a second is driving away in a little skiff. So Scott Scott Kahn's just floating with a harpoon in his belly, bleeding, but not getting attacked by sharks. That's what we're led to believe. Where does Scott Kahn go after he gets shot in the abdomen? I do not get it. Yeah, the Scott Kahn one was the one I was like, I, everything you're saying is correct. And uh, by the way, we never get to see that they invite their buddy on the skiff to be part of this massive fight. He just kind of on the ancillary outside of the whole movie. And now selling it's like, fish. now he's going to be like selling fish, making moves. Is that like a normal behavior? I've never been to the Bahamas. Yes. Can you just be out on the thing and a guy will just pull up in a boat and try to sell you a big marlin? I would say in the Caribbean, people are always trying to sell you something, whether or not it's on a boat and here's a marlin. Mm. I would assume that a guy in a skiff does not need to sell a commercial fishing boat or hunting boat mm. fish. Yeah, that's but like he perfectly hits him in the leg and then drags him off. Pulls off, no problem. Yo, that part had me dying laughing. He just drug him away. He also went from, again, decleated side character who had a, a, a job at, I guess, Disneyland, basically, to guy who could shoot a harpoon through their leg and pull away, no issue. That's, that's a pivot. Let's go now to Jessica Alba's fight. I was just about okay. to say that. Jessica Alba's fight. You talk about how Amanda was prolific at five different things. Jessica Alba, incredible snorkeler, mm -hmm. third-degree black belt. She's both. Gets out of the cuffs, no problem. She was whooping that guy's ass for about two minutes. She was a master swordsman. She should have been in Scorpion King last week. Yeah, she should have been. Master swordsman. She also tries to call Mayday, but the guy punches through the window, which apparently... He punched through. I thought he, like, headbutted. He I, head thought he, I think he headbutted. Head I mean, head one way or the other, that, yeah. that would hurt. Yeah. By oh, the way, he, no other no, sense yeah. of injury. Correct. He put, his, he put either his hand or his face through a plate glass window, walked away completely unscathed. Like, I think it is his head. Then he reached his hand through, which still would have been jagged and stuff, to reach over and open the boat door like it's, you know, someone's home, no problem. And then, of course, the people getting the Mayday call the whole time, like, Hey, uh, just a heads up. Where you guys at? You want to tell us where you're at? Where you at? Like, the Mayday call didn't do enough. <laughs> Here's the other thing they never explained. So she cuts the cop's hand off to free herself of being tied to him, right? Correct. That doesn't mean you can get the actual handcuff off. The hand would still be attached to her. Mm -hmm. But all of a sudden, she's she, out the door. She's she just got this guy's wrist attached to her That's hand. what should be happening, but Correct. all of a sudden... She, just because you cut someone's hand off doesn't mean you're out of your own handcuff. Your cuffs don't slide out of your hand. She should have been using the cop's hand to beat off the other bad guy. That would have been nuts. Wild. If she had just, if there had just been a fake forearm dangling from her hand and she had smacked him with this. That's something like Liam Neeson would do in Taken. This mm -hmm. movie would be an 8.0 on IMDb if that if that had happened. And then she's versed in we all weapons. Like That's what I was saying. She's, she's an expert snorkeler and Tom Cruise. She's the greatest woman ever in a movie. Mm -hmm. And also, just, you know, realistically, if you hook somebody with one of those fish hooks oh, in, like, the shoulder, they are done. Yeah. That guy just was either coked out of his mind or was just buzzing. Mm. And, again, shark comes and gets him. Doesn't get Tweeter. Who's got, you know, a harpoon in the abdomen. And also in the guy. water. Also is in the water. In the water, just treading water, apparently, for 35 minutes. What did you guys think of the underwater explosion? Oh, that killed Josh Brolin? Yeah. I loved it. I'm not going to lie, I loved it. It was so goofy. It was so dumb. And you see his face explode. I, 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 it was pretty it, violent. It was objectively stupid. Like, I, the whole underwater fight thing I thought was dumb. But then, like, at the end when the guy blows up, I'm like, okay, this is, it's kind of funny as a payoff. It is surprisingly violent at the very end with because you see the, it, it explodes but yeah. i enjoyed it i'm not gonna lie i don't understand why that would cause an explosion <laughs> now i'm not a scientist so maybe there's like h2o in the tank that paul walker's banging on and it hits a gas tank or something so but 
why that caused an explosion. I don't know either. And why Paul Walker can just basically, you know, swim up and be basically okay. If it blew up, there'd be shrapnel, right? That's my thought. I don't know. But Paul Walker's also taken two breaths in 14 minutes. Uh-huh. <laughs> they finally get back to the ship thing. What is the thing that they're trying to get out of the water? You guys might know. I don't know anything about boats. What are they actually trying to – so the thing that is on the arm of it looked like It looked like a mast or something. Yeah, I thought it was a mast or some sort of – I mean, it could have been a cannon of some sort. Cause it's some, it's probably metal because it was cast and had the name Zephyr on it, and it was heavy. So I, I thought it was either like some sort of mast or like a cannon or some sort of metal object. I, I mean, they, they don't really explain it, but like, hey, let's, let's get it up. So they go back for the ship thing. It falls back into the ocean. And after all of that, they say, let's just get it tomorrow. No. <laughs> if Tweeter and Amanda can be expert night divers, we're getting this thing out of the water today. Tweeter is the only one that's like, okay, we need to do this. He's right. hungry. We have mm-hmm. done this for days. We have risked our lives multiple times. Let's do it. They then find the gold. The movie ends. Do you like the way the movie ends with the their $6 billion worth of treasure in the oceans? You like that? I wonder if it's true. That's say, what I actually thought. Is, is that true? I think that's a true stat. Like, I don't think that has to do with the movie. I think that's just a fact about the oceans. I don't know if that's movie related. If there's $6 billion in the ocean, we should probably be doing a better job of looking for stuff. Everybody should be doing a better job. Are you giving a thumbs up, thumbs down to the ending? The last 15, 10 to 15 minutes of the movie, are you giving a thumbs up or thumbs down to the ending? Can I give a... Can I give a... Can I take the out and be like, meh, because I thought the explosion that killed Josh Brolin was goofy and fun, but I thought the entire Scott Kahn thing was dumb, and Jessica Alba was, a, what I mean, it was a fine scene, but it has plot holes. Like, there were fun parts of it, but other parts where I was like, alright, this is too much underwater fighting, it's too goofy. The filming of it made it look like kind of awkward and weird. I'm going to take the out and say I'm in the middle because there were parts I liked. I just would have probably subtracted one or two things. Like, the fish part they tried to do four things in That's 10 fair. minutes. That If you just subtract one of them, either Scott Kahn doesn't get hit with the harpoon, either the guy doesn't come up with the fish, Jessica Alba doesn't escape and get into this high-action fight scene right there on the boat. I felt like they were trying to do four things at one time. And other than the underwater fighting, which I didn't think was that bad, I don't know if they really nailed and executed everything. My issue with the final 15 minutes probably was for a majority of the movie, there was very little blood and very little violence. And then all of a sudden, Josh, a lot. Josh Brolin commits mass murder on a yacht, and they sh- they show a lot of it. Mm-hmm. The back of a woman's leg is just gone. Gone. You have a guy gets shot through the eye with a harpoon. Scott Conn gets hit in the abdomen. The guy gets the harpoon through his leg and off the boat. Jessica Alba rips the guy's shoulder off with a fish hook. Josh Brolin's face implodes with an explosion like... It went from zero blood to just, like, a really violent end of the movie in the last 15 minutes. So I wish they had just done it a little bit differently to fit with the narrative of it being like a hokey movie and ha- having to end underwater. I was okay with it. I just would have changed the violence. To your about the violence, though, I think they kind of got stuck between a rock and a hard place here. It's like, I think if they had set the violence up early... It would have been an R movie, which is fine. R, there's no problem with having an R-rated movie. But if you had the violence throughout, it wouldn't have felt so jarring. You wouldn't have been like, where did this come from? But, like, I think you needed a violent ending more so than just he's dead, we don't see it type of deal to really sell, like, the fact that Josh Brolin's this coke-dealing murderer, apparently. Rotten Tomatoes lists this movie as rotten. 21% based on 125 reviews. The 21%? Site, wow. That's the way site's low. consensus, quote, even the endless shots of bronze beach babes and buff dudes can't keep this soggy scuba film flick plot from drowning. I don't think the plot drowns in this movie. Agreed. I think the plot's good. It's I a little convoluted, though, to your point. There's too much going on. I thought that Spectre said this perfectly before we had started this. This is a perfect FX USA, TNT, two-hour, it starts at one, ends at three movie. I thought it executed that part of it really good. There's some problems with the plot. There's some problems with some storyline. I'm with you. The acceleration at the end, I don't like. I don't think the plot was that soggy. I would have maybe fully fleshed out the moral dilemma. I think that was the most interesting part of the movie. 
They have two treasures. There's a legal way of getting money and an illegal way of getting money. What's the moral dilemma from the two? I thought when they really kind of honed in on that, I thought the movie really took off. But I think it takes probably about 25, maybe 30 minutes, a little bit too long to get to that moral dilemma of, hey, are we going to sell drugs or are we going to try to be legitimate businessmen? I think the biggest flaw with the movie is actually Amanda. And I don't think it was a necessary character to get where they were going. I think she was just like she weighed down the storyline. You guys could have done this, do all that. They could have done the same movie without her, but their thought process was probably we need one more blonde in a bikini slash topless to drive the you know the twenty two year old male audience to come see this movie. But they could have done the movie without her. And shorten it from a 150 runtime to 135, and and to Carrington's point, like more focused on the the dilemma between the right way to go after money and the wrong way. to And go you could have really flushed out the friendship between Scott Con and Paul Walker better because it seemed like we hinted at trouble, we hinted at like he's a bad friend and the whole deal, but the girl was the conduit to this. The girl didn't have to be the conduit to his bad friendship. We could have known that he's kind of skeevy, in bad with the mob apparently, and like a. You know, grimy defense lawyer. We need. We could have learned all that without her existing. Other than the fact that you're right, the 25 year old dude is. We have to get him to the theater. It didn't work because this movie did not do well at the theaters. But that's probably the mindset of let's just get more bikinis. Let's throw let's throw bikinis at the problem. I think they had to do one of two things. They either had to eliminate her from the movie, or they had to make her like part of the family. Like mm. her and Scott Con were long term, and they had already known Sam and and, and Brian or that whatever. That would have worked. So like more of that. We're all in it together. You keep her alive for the entire movie. Maybe she's chained up with Sam, and they're you know they're both, and they got to go after them together. I think they they played Amanda in the middle. The death scene didn't resonate, and all of a sudden it's like here we are. She was a meaningless character. Yeah, that's fair. Roger Ebert and Richard Roper are divided on this movie. Ebert praised the film. Quote, written, acted, directed as a story, not an exercise in mindless kinetic energy. Ropert on the other side. I don't think there's anything wrong with this as an escapist adventure, but if you're rolling your eyes in disbelief at the plot and the dialogue, it makes it hard to enjoy the scenery. Probably land more at the second one there. This movie isn't made for people like Richard Roper either. Yeah, that's fair. He shouldn't even be watching this movie. This is not for Richard. This is not an Academy Award winning film. This is an FX nominated Sunday afternoon movie. This movie is made for 23 year old boys. I I mean I was let's see I was 2005 so I was yep. 21 yeah roughly no it was 1920 like yeah I'd go watch Jessica Alba in whatever she was wearing at the time yeah your key demo you're hey I don't have class to Thursday morning for let's, sure we're gonna do on a Wednesday let's yeah go, let's go see this absolutely so this is where we get to our awards this is where we call it the when a hero comes along give me a character scene who you thought tried to save the movie Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin, I actually think, does a good job of acting this movie. Josh Brolin does a good job of playing the two-faced villain, but also, like, you know, da-da-da. I think the first time you meet him, you get this kind of vibe that he's up to no good, but also what he's telling you is he's up to good. The character he is supposed to play, Josh Brolin, not surprisingly, the best actor in this movie, nails the acting. Josh Brolin, then we get the reveal that he's the bad guy. You're like, oh, that makes sense, because jo- like, Josh Brolin is the redeeming quality actor-wise in this movie. I thought the relationship between Paul Walker and Scott Kahn was the That's hero fair. of it. Like, the, the foundation of their friendship... And how Paul Walker is the one trying to walk down the right path and Scott Kahn is trying to walk down the wrong path. Like, I think this movie just could have been better if they just could have narrowed that part down. It's like in 90 sitcoms where you've got the angel on one side and the devil on the other side of the shoulder. That's really what the core of this is. The core of this movie is not about the ship. It's not about the cocaine. It's about the difference in friend groups and how friends kind of go in different directions and they both want different things in life. I thought that was the core of it. I thought their relationship and the multiple times, hey, nothing needs to happen to Sam. Well, your actions directly resulted in something happened to my girlfriend being in trouble. I thought they could have narrowed in it and just really had hit that home. That that's what this movie is really about, plus seeing Jessica Alba in a bikini. Yeah, the changing scene, I mean, I before you even started talking, I was thinking about your question and it's probably the scene where... Josh Brolin calls Paul Walker towards the end of the movie. Paul Walker's clearly upset, says, meet me three clicks north of Oyster Bay or whatever. And he gets the chair, and he is clearly, like, fed up with Scott Kahn. But he he knows he needs him to get Sam back and the Zephyr back. So that's probably the, I would say, the defining scene of the movie. 
Are we all on the same page with the doing too much? So a character scene or thing that you thought was doing too much in the movie? Amanda is in yeah, the movie Ama- for one reason. It's just Amanda. Amanda's the whole answer to this question. Doing too much. She's, yeah. we talked about earlier. She said, we, you could get largely the same movie, if not marginally better without her in it. So yeah, she's the epitome of doing too much. She just exists to be hot. My guess is she came in on budget. They spent a bunch on Paul Walker, a bunch on Jessica Alba, mid-level, Veteran exemption for Scott Kahn, and they were like, "I bet Josh Brolin cost pretty penny too." Yeah, that was probably before Josh Brolin was doing big movies, though. That's fair. Um, he had not hit his peak of like when was old co- No Country for Old Men. That would have been yeah, that was later. That was like oh seven. Yeah, that was yeah so he hadn't was, hit that yet. Yeah, he hadn't hit that yet. So I mean, Josh Brolin probably cost, but I, my guess is they were like, "Let's find someone who's up and coming who looks good. We'll find her on cheap," and they got Amanda. That's probably fair, but I mean, I would. Say she serves no purpose. She's the epitome yep. of doing too much. Exactly. That is Into the Blue. That Can, is a 5.9 on IMDb. Too much, too little, just right on the ranking for Into the Blue. Just right. I'm actually going to surprise you here. I'm going to say it's too little. I think it's I a, could tell over the course of talking about this that this has been your favorite movie we've done outside of Semi-Pro. Yeah, I, so could just, I could tell. I'm saying you loved Semi-Pro coming into yeah, it. Yeah, I knew Semi-Pro coming in. It, I think you, I could tell based on your tone. This has been your favorite movie this that we've done. This has been my so favorite far. movie. It, it has its holes. It has its flaws. It has its, you know, my complaints. It's a 5.9. I get it. But there's a fun adventure, you know, thing in there they didn't flush it out to the best of its ability but i still think what they put on film was still fun still different da, da, da. i think it's a little bit too little i think this should be above the six and not be in our podcast pay grade for lack of a better term it's probably a 6.2 i think maybe 6.1 so it's, i think it's a little too little for the grade i think 6.2 is the highest you can give it though yeah that, that's I, I think a 6.2 it's it's right there on that cusp of mm-hmm. a 5.9 this movie could have been poorly executed i don't think it was that I think the movie could have been much better. I don't think it was that. I think the 5.9 is about right. I don't know if I could call this a good movie. I'm not even necessarily sure if it's all the time that it's a fun movie. But I enjoyed it. I think a 5.9 is accurate. I think it's a fair rating. I agree with it. I'm going to go just right on the rating. It's good-looking people in a good-looking place that you can watch for two hours and not really have to think about. I do think it's a Perfect 5.9, 6.0. I do think they could have done it better, but I think what they did, 5.9 is a little harsh. That's that's my. I, there's a better movie in there. They didn't get to that, but they got a fine movie on film. I also don't know if you could get to that better movie with the actors that they had. I mean, the three the three main people on screen are Paul Walker, Jessica Albert, and Tweeter. You're not getting a seven point. You know, you're, Paul Walker is the best actor by a landslide in this movie. He's not a leading man. This is this is probably yes, when America he, realized he's not a leading man, right? I, I disagree with that. But. I mean, he's not. He basically only does Fast and Furious after this, where he where I wish Vin, I could just do Fast and Furious after this. Yeah, but he's Vin Diesel, the leading guy in that, or at least it's an on, it becomes yeah, an, I was, it was an ensemble. I mean, we cast. could do it a completely different podcast on the Fast and Furious, but that, it will come up. Don't worry, the Fast and Furious is going to eventually well, show call up. Call me series. because so I don't mean to hijack the podcast, but I do have a bonus question for you guys. Of course, if that's okay. Paul Walker's death hit me the hardest of any celebrity death in history. Any. Any. So, like, I love the Fast and the Furious franchise. Like, love. If it's on, it is on my TV. (laughs) Fast Five is one of the my ten favorite movies of all time. Is that the the, the Rock Rio de Janeiro one? Yeah, Brazil. Okay. Okay. Yes, that was very good. When... It was, it was like the Friday or Saturday night after Thanksgiving. I'm out at a bar in D.C. It was called El Centro. I was having a margarita. It was like a Mexican restaurant slash club. And I get the news on Twitter that Paul Walker died. And I was like, I was upset when Paul Walker died. And I was curious if you guys had, because I hate celebrity culture, but Paul Walker always seemed like different to me. And I was curious if you guys had someone like that. I actually, to your point, it's not answering your question, but it's answering your question. I think Paul Walker kind of fits the, he looks good on the movie screen. And that's a big box to check. Like the, he's cool. He's really cool in Varsity Blues. He's an asshole enough in She's All That, but like he looks good on the movie screen. Like I think that really resonates. I don't think he's an A-list, I don't think he's an A-list actor. He's a strong B though. Yep. You would go see a movie because Paul Walker's in it. He can't do your $100 million, but on a Fast and Furious, a different kind of movie. But, I think Paul Walker is like a strong B-list actor. He's B-list. a number two on an NBA championship team. I agree with you. 
That's I, fair. I'm 100% and with maybe, you. Maybe that, my leading man point is the same. We're just saying the same thing, saying differently. I, I think he is like, that's what makes the Fast Furious movies so good is that you have Vin Diesel and then it become, eventually becomes an ensemble cast with like, they're throwing megastars at it. But like, he's good and Vin is good. You're going for both. You're not going to see one. Like, Leonardo DiCaprio's in a movie. You're going to Leonardo DiCaprio's yeah, in a movie. Think, He's not that level. Yeah, for sure. Right, I, right below. Your, your point about being a really good number two on a championship team is mm-hmm. perfect. But Paul Walker, if he was in a movie from, call it, 96 to 2013, he was an actor for me that I was going to go see that movie. Like, you've seen the movie Takers. Mm-hmm. By all means, not like a great movie. I'm sure it'll probably... Fall in your might pop up on this podcast. Six list. I love Takers. Of course, you, of course, you like Takers. I like that movie too. But like Paul Walker's in it. They had Idris Elba, Ti. A lot of good actors in that movie. I saw it because Paul Walker was in it. Like I don't know what it is about him, but he's cool. He just his death really hit me, and I didn't know if you guys had a, another celebrity on that list that that kind but, of affected by the way, you. Takers six point two. I can't pop on this podcast. Takers is a good movie. Takers is a little like six point two for Takers makes sense. Takers is a little bit better than this movie. Takers is not great. Takers yeah. is not great. Good this, heist movie. This is a this is a five point nine. Takers being a six point two, six point three makes a little bit of sense. It's just a little better. I, I really think that's what it is. Like we are we are attracted to people that look good. I don't think Margot Robbie's a great actress by any means. Margot Robbie looks really good on screen, and that draws you in. When you go to the movie theater, you go to see things that you're not used to seeing. Paul Walker. Just plays the part of he's a movie star. You 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 know it when you see him. He has been a movie star since we were ever introduced to Paul Walker. That's by fair. That's a really good way to say it. To your celebrity death question, I can't think of what I mean the closest thing I can say is Chadwick Boseman, only because I'm such a Marvel nerd that like I had just seen him in all those movies and I had seen the press tour where he would clearly was not healthy, but they had kind of hit it well. So when Chadwick died, I was like, it like all clicked to me. I'm like, oh, that's only because I'm such a Marvel nerd. Like, I don't know. There, there's probably another one I think I can think can't think of, but that's probably the one on the top of my head. To your celebrity death, that kind of got me a little bit. Yeah, mine's Michael Jackson. That's one of those you remember exactly where you were when you woke up and Michael Jackson had passed. Like, oh wow. I you mean, know? I guess Kobe. This, yeah, this I, I had Kobe on my list too, but it's like I didn't, I didn't love Kobe in his playing days, but like now as as we remove ourselves from his death and you like hear about all the stuff that he did, which wasn't available information while he was playing, like the, the anniversary of his death now is like feels different to me, but I, was, I, didn't, I didn't grow up like a Kobe fan. I liked watching him play basketball, but I also think when Kobe happened and made this like just our little sphere of like what we do for our day jobs, but like Kobe was the Sunday before the Super Bowl. Yep. We know that is a dead zone is like what happened. Like there's no news usually that day. So for Kobe, a megastar to die on that Sunday with his daughter, who he had spoken and interviewed so highly of. That's that's probably it was more more than just Kobe. It was the whole Kobe story that probably is the reason why that one hit a little bigger than I think most would. That is into the blue. That is a five point nine on IMDb. You can catch it on Showtime. Like, review, subscribe. Be sure to check out the Bad Movies Worst Opinions podcast. Rob, what is our movie next week? Next week we're doing Major League Two with Scott Parks. Major League Two is our movie next week. We actually are doing uh, Fast 9 in May. We will invite you back for Fast 9. If you guys do Fast and the Furious movies, I want to be a part of it. The only one that's not a 6 is Fast 9. That's Fast, what, what's wrong with John Cena? There's actually two, Fast 9 and two Fast, two Furious. Yeah, that's, that's two true. Under 6. Didn't have Vin Diesel until the final scene. So, Yeah, I can say, well, Tokyo Drift also didn't have Vin Diesel until the final scene. <laughs> Is that, I know oh, I'm sorry. Vin Diesel wasn't in 2 at all. No. Yeah. That is the Bad Movies Worst Opinions Podcast.